Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Dovahkiin, Dovahkiin, Vavasvin, Ron Ring, Vadakul, Vadaving, 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 Dovahkiin, Dovahkiin. So this is part two of our mini series. I'm using that word now. I like now, that better. That it's fancy on mental health and video games. That and was the Skyrim theme song. Yes. Yeah. This is that we poorly did. <laughs> Dovahkiin means dragonborn for all of you nerds out there and this is what the main character in Skyrim is and they're singing about your heroics in that song. Fun fact when I went to Celtic Woman they sung that song it was dope. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was I think it was a different song like they weren't singing the words Dovahkiin they were singing different Celtic words but it was all the same music. So I don't totally understand what was happening, but I do know I was very into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> that's a that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yes, so we are back. This is Shit Your Shrink Things, a show where two shrinks talk about things they think about mental health. Uh, we try out some skills for you and yep. we also give you some research on new mental health trends mm-hmm. and we keep you posted. We try to keep you entertained while we are doing that. Right. And if you are digging what we're laying down, please try to support us on Patreon. That is www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink thinks. Right. And then we have a Gmail that you can email us, send us some ideas. Shit your shrink things at gmail.com if you have topic areas you're interested in or want to give us a little shout out. We've been getting some really nice feedback from people that way. Aww, so yeah. thank you. We appreciate those. Also consider following us. That improves our download rate. Or yes. rating and review us if you're liking us. If you're not liking us, um, maybe don't. That's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. You can go listen to something else. Yeah, that's fine. But we do have an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook. You know, we have some sweet, sweet memes that we post uh, pretty mm-hmm. much on a daily. So you can follow us there, too, to support us in some fashion. Yeah. Shit, your shrink thinks we've got the memes. <laughs> <laughs> As you might remember, we are still learning about each other on this podcast, and we have a what's good section where we just talk about good stuff or share a story. Sunny, what's your what's good? There is a black cat in my neighborhood that has had kittens, Aww. and I have been stalking them and trying to get, get them. them to come to your house. Yes, I'm trying to get them. I am trying to make my witch life be real life and get all of the black cats. Are you putting food out on your deck porch thing? Um, no, I'm mostly just doing ineffective skills like chase them and yell at them to love me. I'm going, pss, pss, pss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just run at them aggressively yelling. Pss, 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 pss. It, hasn't, it hasn't been going well for me. <laughs> should just set out some food. That's a good idea. I should set out some food. I think my significant other and my dog would be displeased by my efforts, but meh. I, I, yeah. 
We'll see. I think there has been some. I definitely have been seeing them on my ring a lot. Okay. I've been activating the ring at night. So they're definitely coming by my house. I see the male black cat kind of walk up and chill. And then his little kitties cross our yard once in a while. So that's been, that's my what's good. I'm like stalking cats on ring. (laughs) The other day I looked on the ring and the spider was back and I was like, oh shit. Like, It was just a whole big it ass. It covered the whole spi- ring. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. God, I saw it so close. I saw like a spider butt. And I just <laughs> didn't. I was like, whoa, okay. And I also saw a possum on the ring. So it's really a, a gamble. True. If you do set out food, you might bring in some possums and coons too. That's a fair risk. That's a risk that you're going to have to calculate if you want to take. <laughs> I'm just imagining putting a collar on a possum. Like, this is my kitty. I <laughs> I find, your cat looks a little weird <laughs> haven't you ever seen those where they pick up like a coyote and they think yes. it's a lost dog yeah it's like that's a fucking wild coyote yo yeah. <laughs> when i first moved to this state i thought i had seen a wolf because there was a coyote so i was driving to the middle i once upon a time worked in the middle of nowhere in the state that we're currently living in which is in the midwest and i was driving to the middle of nowhere i have a feeling your middle of nowhere isn't even that middle of nowhere it wasn't even that i was gonna say (laughs) for me it was like what is happening i i swear i could hear there was actual tumbleweeds blowing across the road sure Oh yeah, my God, I can't. Anyway, this is me. And I came from rural and I was just like, I do not want this. But I saw a coyote the size of a full blown wolf run across the road carrying a dead chicken in its mouth. And sure. I was like, I'm over that. I have to. I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm over this. It was like David in Schitt's Creek. Oh, God. It's <laughs> like, ew, David. Ew. <laughs> yeah. So what's good with you this week? My what's good is just a random fun fact that I ran across. Ooh, Okay. So you know how Mr. Rogers always had these like iconic cardigan zip up sweaters that he would wear like in every thing? I loved those. Yeah. Turns out his mother knit every single one of those sweaters. No way. She hand knit every single one of those. Did she really? Yes. That's heartwarming. The cutest thing I've ever Right? I feel like that's how you make more Mr. Rogers is men yes. have to have positive relationships with their maternal figures in their lives. And paternal. Let's be real. I well, mean, yeah. it, you need both. to Definitely. But that kind of man, like that yes. kind of feeling sort of Yeah, that kind Mr. of person Rogers-y. who's legit connected mm-hmm. with his emotion and can communicate them like yeah. accurately. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is Mr. Rogers still alive? I don't think so. But I didn't look that part up. That would be a tragedy. I think he is actually deceased they did make like a netflix show or something like isn't there yeah Yeah. i didn't haven't watched it yet oh i would watch that i really liked him yeah he was he like broke barriers whenever there was like something that people were like oh he would try to like normalize it yeah we need a whole team of rogers's (laughs) rogers team assemble the problem is there's too much i don't know yeah, he, he did his own thing. Like, he would basically tell the producers to F off Aww. when they would say, no, this isn't popular. This isn't what you should do. He's like, no, but this is what people need. Oh, sweet little angel. Yeah, like one time a five-year-old wrote in and said, "I, you know, are you feeding your fish? Like, you're not narrating when you feed your fish. Like, she was like deaf or, you know, like she couldn't hear yeah. that when he would do it or wasn't. Yeah. So then he would like narrate so that then she would know that the fish were okay. <laughs> like, oh every time. my God. Like, such a sweet, sweet soul. I love that. Oh my God. But what yeah, so his mom knit all his sweaters. Every single one of those sweaters was hand knit by his madre. That makes me so happy. Oh, that is a what's good. Thank you for sharing that. That yeah, brightens my day. Right? So that like my day. heart melting. Oh, 
Well, so this week, uh, we didn't have homework that we tried to do because we were recording two in one this time. Right. However, I did you do did. a little <laughs> bit of homework in between recordings today. And I was looking up what is an idle video game. Because right. that's a type of video game that I didn't know about. And I still don't totally understand it, if I'm being real with you. But I can okay. give the listeners some examples. So maybe that this is understandable. But an idle video game is something that continues even while you are not playing it so it has some sort of yeah like it is idling in some way so okay well i'm thinking of some of like the pirate video games that my husband plays like when he's not playing like people can come steal his shit oh i bet that is an idle video game because like it's still technically always going oh like the world is still running still yeah the world is still running so if you leave your shit unattended you could potentially have it they're stealing the booty yeah yeah. So, okay, yeah, I have here that an idle video game is one that progresses with no interaction from the player, but then it can also be played actively once okay. you do come back in it. So, for what that's worth, maybe is Minecraft like I was going to say maybe. I mean, I think it probably depends on what level of Minecraft because sometimes you can like have like kind of your closed little thing where mm-hmm. nobody can get into your little world. Yeah. And then there are times where you play Minecraft where there's a lot of people could get into your world and blow up your shit. Right. So it probably just depends on like what setting you have yeah. the different game on. Yeah. So I have huh. here that different types of it would be Adventure Capitalist, Crusaders of the Lost Idols, Realm Grinder, these sorts of things. I haven't played these sorts of games, so clearly I am not in the know about this, but I wanted to provide an update for the listeners because it was something awesome. I didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and you. It, yeah. And if you guys play something like this, let us know. Maybe you have more examples. Right. Yeah. We will take it. So this week we're returning to our topic of video games and mental health. This is Mm -hmm. part two of our series. So we talked a lot last week about asking the appropriate question. Yeah. And we discussed that there are many different types of video games. And we also discussed that there are many different what we call mediating and moderating variables that impact the relationship with video games and mental health. Mm -hmm. Things like whether you're playing solo, online, the amount of time you're playing, where you're playing, that sort of stuff. And so now we're going to talk about video games as less of a broad spectrum rather than a single activity that you do or don't do. So I wanted to kind of use the metaphor that video games are like music. There are different genres which all affect Mm. you differently and all have different messaging. Yeah. I think that's a really good example. Yeah. I mean... You can listen to Mar- Marilyn Manson or you could listen to spirituality music. Exactly. Right? Like, yes. These are two totally different experiences right. for very different groups of people. Right. And they're going to have different impacts on your mental health. You can choose how you interact with the music, for example, whether you listen to it solo with other people, whether you create it, whether you listen to it for short periods of time or long periods of time. Yep. And so, yeah, each of those things is going to be different. The next interesting question then about video games and mental health becomes, what does the research say about video games and mental health? And so we want to start with the research on the possible downsides of video games and mental health. Mm -hmm. But to do that, we kind of need to give you one of the, I would say it's a landmark study in the field of psychology about modeling of negative behaviors. Right. So hit me with it. So the Bandura Bobo doll experiment, which was done in the 60s, led to some minor credibility about 
the violent behavior theory sure that a lot of people lean on when it comes to video games yeah and the theory is that <laughs> if you if you witness or if you play violent behavior right. in video games then you are more likely to replicate to become violent yeah and this experiment involved exposing children to two different adult models an aggressive model and a non-aggressive one mm-hmm. so after witnessing the adult's behavior the children would then be placed in a room without the model, without that adult, and were observed then to see if they would replicate the behaviors they had witnessed earlier. So they did this with 36 boys, 36 girls between the ages of three and six. The children who were exposed to the violent model tended to imitate the exact behavior they had observed when the adult was no longer present. Right. So the adult would either come into the room and smack around this Bobo doll. Right. They called it a Bobo doll. That's why it's called the Bobo doll study. Or Treat the Bobo doll nice and talk to the Bobo talk, doll. Yeah. Sweet. So, and it wasn't just, I mean, there was the verbal and physical aggression towards this Bobo doll. Mm-hmm. And it, imagine one of those clown dolls that you like punch. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what that was. Mm-hmm. So, children who were exposed to it were, you know, tended to have more aggressive behaviors. Interestingly, boys engaged in more than twice as many acts of physical aggression than girls. Mm-hmm. Boys who observed an adult male behaving violently were more influenced than those who were observed a female model mm-hmm. behaving mm-hmm. aggressively. Sure. And interestingly, the experiments found that in the same-sex aggressive groups, boys were more likely to copy physical acts of violence, while girls were more likely to copy verbal aggression. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so this study kind of lends itself to the theory. You hear a lot of media talking about, okay, well, if there is something violent that happens in our society, we're going to blame video games because then it is, okay, you have played video games, so you've witnessed something violent and you participate in something violent, and so then that's going to produce... Reinforce yeah. you engaging in violent behavior. Right. And there's yeah. kind of like, you can kind of see where they come up with this based on the Bobo doll study because it's like, okay, you can witness violent behaviors and then have have it be replicated. Right. It's important to know, though, for those sorts of studies, what is called self-efficacy and modeling behavior is most imitated when you are watching somebody who is similar to you do a behavior. So it's not really exactly the same. I mean, in a video game, you're either you're playing as a different character, you're playing in a different world, et cetera, et cetera. You'd be more likely, in my assumption, really, to pick up on the behavior of like, Let's say if you were playing online Call of Duty and you're a 12-year-old and there's like an 18-year-old and that 18-year-old, you're a male and that 18-year-old's a male maybe, and then the 18-year-old is saying slurs and being violent, saying crazy stuff, you're more likely to imitate that That than you are the actual video game itself. Right. Right. Because you're going to kind of cue in on similar other behavior, Mm -hmm. which is what that is talking about in the study. But you can kind of see the extrapolation here. And so... There are some studies, so we'll talk about, you know, okay, is there any study that says that there is violent behavior produced by video games? Right. And what was really interesting is I I don't particularly have a dog in this fight. I like video games, but I don't play anything really violent, so it doesn't really matter to me either way. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I don't have a stake in that. But I found what I would call a bit of a quandary in the research which is that I was finding different reports, and that's never a good thing right. in the research. So I'm suspecting there was some kind of like – Who funded this? Yeah, there yeah, was yeah, some yeah. kind of funding so, People issue. had different dogs in the fight that yes. would then turn how the study came out. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's unusual for me to find such huge discrepancies in how people are viewing mm-hmm. – one issue and usually i find these really large discrepancies in research when something becomes politically motivated 
And then funding yeah. starts to trickle in from political sources. And it seems like that may have happened here. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Not not at all not at all surprising. <laughs> so I'll just I'll share with you what I found to support that there could be violent behaviors. So there is a series of studies in around 2010-ish which showed some concept that violence in video games could correlate with short short-term aggressive behaviors, not things like I went outside, killed and buried a man, but short-term aggressive, like verbal and like minor aggression, like pushing sort of things. Okay. But unfortunately, I couldn't access what, quote, violent video games were. They didn't define it. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't find it in the study that I, the studies that I was looking for, and they weren't available without me having, they were behind a paywall, which I Ugh. thought was a little frustrating. Interesting. Uh, and also interesting. Yep. But I couldn't figure out what that meant in this case. Uh, or look at the statistics, but what was clear is that there were mixed results between this and other studies. So it seems like, here's what I was kind of understanding, is it seems like there was one research-led team led by a person named Craig Anderson, who generally reports negative findings related to video games and aggression. Negative meaning they do trigger aggression. Right. There's a strong correlation. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a little bit of research. It looks like that person was a psychologist um, at maybe Iowa University. But then I saw a myriad of other studies just kind of jumping on the wagon saying that this the research design was flawed here Mm. and that there weren't enough subjects. The subjects didn't, there weren't really definitions of violent behavior in the way that we would need it. There weren't really good definitions of video games in the research. And there was a lot of different people saying that. So, and, and more just like one type of research saying that there were violent behaviors. And when I would find a different research study saying that video games produce violent behaviors, it all would end up having that same PI, principal investigator, Dr. Anderson, Interesting. behind it. So I didn't know if that was just sometimes it's the case that the public doesn't want to hear something and you know people don't want to hear that video games are bad and that this one person is just crusading and really they are bad and you know, they're just the only one willing to stand up and say it. But in a lot of situations, you see that there can be some funding issues. Someone was kind of bought out to say they were bad. And then everybody was like, yes, this is what we want to hear. So we're going to paste it everywhere. Yeah. And I think kind of the what the other scientists Mm. were saying was that there could be some reasons for making video games a fall guy for aggressive behaviors because right then yeah then you're not taking accountability for the fact that maybe there's violence in the home right or maybe there's yeah yeah other situations going on socially and structurally yes that you don't have to fix those structural or social issues yeah yeah yeah. because you can just say it's the video games right instead of saying like oh well we're not giving our parents enough time off to parent their children right and to spend time with them that's not the problem right the problem is corporate america grinding everyone to a halt, you know, yes. into dust where they don't have time to actually pay attention to their children at all. No, that's right. not the problem. Right. That's, that's the not video the problem. Games. It's not the fact that like nobody has enough money to like take care of their kids anymore. It's, no, it's the video games. Right. Or, you know, it's not not having safe training with weapons. That's the problem. It's the video games or it's not, you know, yes. there's like all these different options that it actually could be 
Or it's not the fact that we don't teach emotion regulation in schools. Right, yeah, not that the fact that mental health or is communication a, is taught at all. Yeah. No. It's video games. It's video games. Right, so that yeah, was yeah, yeah, what yeah, a yeah. lot of the other researchers were saying was that it's probably mm. more complicated than aggressive behaviors are produced by video games. But again, let me be clear, I could not get my hands on the actual studies, which I thought was weird because I could get my hands on all the other ones. So that is interesting. For what that's worth. This study, however, by Dr. Anderson did say that, yes, video games can relate to violence if they themselves are violent. Um, There are some meta-analytic procedures that were used to test the effects of violent video games on aggressive behaviors, aggressive thoughts, and aggressive mood, and physiological arousal. And so they were saying that this did, in fact, produce, video games did, in fact, produce increases in those things, and there were significant results. So for what that's worth, I will kind of lay that for the audience to determine what they feel about that. Right. And there are some other downsides that Mm -hmm. could be associated with, you know, just a sedentary lifestyle, you know, having some carpal tunnel or weight changes or nutrition choices, again, associated with the habits that you're engaging in while playing video games. Yeah. It's those, uh, those correlated variables, which is like, you know... If you're more likely to be sitting, then you're going to have X, Y, or Z problem. Or Mm -hmm. if you're more likely to be isolated, let's say. If you're playing in an isolated way, then you're more likely to have the social problems that surround isolation, for example. Or if you're in a really um, toxic kind of like, let's say you do like raid parties or you Mm. hang out with specific online communities. One thing that I see very often is when people are in toxic online communities, those groups become like echo chain chambers and they're almost like divergent evolution where you know like a group of animals gets on a piece of land somewhere and that let's say that piece of land like breaks off and becomes an island and then those group of animals are now their own species essentially like they yes they get away from the initial group so far that they literally become a different animal right and i see that sometimes happen in people in really negative online communities where you start to see and think of things a certain way not totally related to the video game but more related to the social group you've established yep so for what that's worth those are all things that could be associated negatively with video games and we wanted to put those out there so it looks like there may be some small effect but right uh, it's a correlation, not a causation. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not sure with what types of video games, with right. what types of groups, and if you really controlled for the environmental right. impact. So many factors involved. It would just, be hard to, yeah. It would yeah. be hard to say substantially, like, yes, this is a problem. Right. I mean, I think does playing a violent video game at a really young age. Yes. You know, is that probably great? I mean, probably not, but it's also not creating psychopaths most likely. You know, like. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> it's it's probably small effect sizes. Yeah. But the problem is likely, I mean, think about it this way. If you are, let's say you've got an eight-year-old who's playing an incredibly violent video game, you can think to yourself, now there might be some other issues going on in that household, exactly. right? So it's like maybe there's a lack of, maybe the parents are always at work and they don't lack have of supervision. time yeah. to monitor the kid. Or maybe they just don't care. Or maybe they're trying their best and they really do care, but they can't always watch the kid. Yep. So there's the variable there of like, there's probably some emotional neglect going on. Correct. Whether or not the parent wants that or that's their fault, it just is probably happening. And so is it the emotional neglect that's causing more aggressive behavior or is it the fact that the video game is what the child is picking up right uh you know it's hard to say but i'm not convinced what i will say is that 
personally, after reading these studies, I am not convinced that yeah. it is aggressive. I would just say, yeah, I mean, if you wouldn't let your kid watch this on TV or if you wouldn't want to put this into your own brain because it would make you uncomfortable, maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there were also some video game studies that showed that video games could have benefit and to give them a fair shake we were going to kind of look at also what are the possible benefits of gaming and these studies are subject to similar issues however i will say it seems like the research methodology supporting video games for the studies i saw was a little bit better so i feel a little Mm. bit more confident in these results than i do in the other ones yeah they were a little bit more specific in their definitions and what like the actual study was saying and doing yeah yeah so for example I will just share a couple of them. There was a really neat study that I came across that was a meta-analysis that talked about the different possible positive effects. One study found in this meta-analysis that pro-social behaviors and decreased loneliness were associated with video games. Mm. And these were for multiplayer games, role-playing games, and adventure games. So that was both in clinical and non-clinical populations, and it increased socialization. We've also seen some effects of improved cognition, so thinking, attention, and problem-solving for adventure video games and problem-solving video games. So several of them show that people who play these types of video games have better executive functioning, like they're able to organize and structure problem-solving a little bit better. And in addition, some games are found to mitigate symptoms of dyslexia. What, what? Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh. I thought that that, I was like, Michaela, Michaela played the learning video <laughs> games. That makes sense. Yeah. But again, I think it's interesting that those ones, they specifically identify what type of video game has this kind of effect. I mean, I think that it's interesting how this study, I mean, again, it's just the specifics that they are actually mm-hmm. digging into. We also found some, there was one study that showed that Candy Crush angry and Angry Birds could improve depressive mood temporarily, <laughs> which I thought was really great. It just said like casual game interventions decreased negative affect by promoting enjoyment, flow states, and motivation, which I haven't heard flow states used very often in the research, but it's just that idea of like you are really focused on problem solving and you're more in the flow with that solving right. of the problem. Instead of dwelling on your depression or what's upsetting, you're you're, you know, knocking down pigs with birds. Yeah. And granted, <laughs> like to be fair, it's a casual game intervention. So this probably did not mean sixteen hours, hours right. of this. I also find it found it interesting that Portal Two, which is a type of game where you are uh, solving problems, I would say a problem solving game, was associated with emotion regulation, goal achievement, positive Mm -hmm. reappraisal, and mood repair. And there are all sorts of different ones that are associated with reducing anxiety. So I saw Bejeweled. So And and another one (laughs) related to Angry Birds. So those like little piddly phone games can help you kind of get back into the window of tolerance to decrease your anxiety sure i can see that again it's it's like a it's a distraction technique a little bit sometimes i mean that's something that we teach is when you're in a high state of distress sometimes you just have to detach from it for a little bit before Mm -hmm. you can go back and sometimes these games can give you that modality yeah and so to define window of tolerance i just call it the yerkes dotson curve you've heard of this right yeah so for the audience if we haven't defined this before 
There was a study that showed that people performed best when they were in a middle range of anxiety or arousal, we'll just call it arousal, which means that if you're too low on anxiety, you have a difficult time thinking through solving problems and regulating your emotions when you're too low because you don't care. There's no motivation. It's like, I just smoke. depressed. Just yeah. 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 There's just, I mean, imagine like somebody who is the biggest stoner you've ever known, how chill they are, but also how much they don't get done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the low end of the Yerkes Dotson curve. And then if we think about the high end, that's your really neurotic people who always seem to be making plans, but never really getting anything done. Yeah. And it's because they're too anxious. Or right. if you get too anxious or aroused, you avoid something and mm-hmm. you can't engage with it or you can't think through it. You can't think attention. clearly. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you got too much going on, so then you're not thinking clearly. So you got to be in that mid-range to really be as highly productive as you can be. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of thought of video games as like... I don't think necessarily it's the video game itself that's doing it. I think it's just providing like a time out so that you can, and again, this is my interpretation, not the study's interpretation necessarily, but I'm a critical consumer of the research. I can make my own, (laughs) (laughs) I can make my own hypothesis, but it seems like it was allowing like some sort of time out process to happen for people and something positive where they were able to meet a goal and feel successful briefly. So again, it's probably not this huge effect where you're going to just blow mental health out of the water now because you play video games, but that it can have something positive. And it seems like they weren't really studying what appeared to be the more violent video games. They were studying what appeared to be like adventure games. Adventure strategy, puzzle. Mm -hmm. Puzzle, educational. And so those ones, it appears, probably have some positive effect. And it appears that probably the very violent ones don't have a positive effect. I mean, we're not breaking any Right, yeah. This is not life altering news by (laughs) any means yeah but it is cool that you know maybe playing candy crush for 15 minutes at work can help you not strangle susan down the hall definitely that's good information but again if you're playing candy crush all day and you aren't setting down your phone that's then we're having something else we're having a different conversation right exactly yeah so now for the juicy part what are our own personal experiences with video games I actually mostly put this in because I was curious to hear about your. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, what does Michaela do you, here? You go first, though. You go first. Okay, I can go first. Mine is pretty obvious. I obviously, I wouldn't call myself like, quote, a gamer, but I enjoy video games. I'm a casual. <laughs> I think that's like a <laughs> negative term in the video game community. Uh, my sister is actually a Twitch streamer, which I think is really funny. We're both kind of in the entertainment business a little bit. Uh, she's very good at video games. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Twitch, yeah, yeah. She's a yeah. beast. And we used to play together, so I've been trained by yeah. somebody. <laughs> been trained by an elite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I play role-playing games uh, like Skyrim or Celeste or God of War, and I like doing this instead of watching TV or social media. And I actually think it has a positive effect on my mental health because I tend to shy away from video games that are very violent or are very negative. And I like to engage in video games that have mental health related themes. Yeah. And so I can see that. obviously I'm going to feel benefited by them because I'm not looking at social media and thinking to myself, like, wow, this person is doing so good in their life and I'm doing so poorly or I'm seeing something political on social media or I'm engaging with news. It basically keeps me out of trouble is what I feel like. (laughs) Like, I have a really active mind and I need to be doing something or solving some kind of problem. I can't really be 
just on idle. Yeah. And so if I was on idle, I feel like I would get on Reddit or get on social media or like watch the news. Go and down I, some negative rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like it's more a preventative <laughs> strategy. Like I can engage in a story and keep my hands busy. And I also feel like my personal experience is that I played a lot of those problem-solving games as a kid. Yeah. And a lot of those educational games. And I am pretty convinced that they made me smart. I am pretty convinced. (laughs) And the reason why I will say that is, is because I will give an example. I played a game called Alundra, and this was all just problem-solving. And later on in adulthood, I learned how to perform IQ tests, to give people IQ tests. And a portion of the IQ test was problem solving, like your problem solving ability factors into how high your IQ is. Now, to be clear, IQ testing is a fundamentally flawed measure because it doesn't necessarily take into account emotional IQ, nor does it take into account uh, just like social learning stuff. Right. Uh, But it is, it can be a useful measure. And when I was performing the problem solving IQ test, the similarities between the video games I played and the problem solving I was asked to do on the video games and the problem solving I was asked to do on the IQ test was startlingly similar. Interesting. And so I was able to, I mean, I just annihilated the problem solving portion of the IQ, which brought my general IQ up a lot higher. <laughs> like, like, cause I was like a dumb dumb with the spatial reasoning. <laughs> I was like, how these blocks go though? <laughs> it's like, I can barely park my car, homie. <laughs> oh man, that's the only thing I could ever fucking do. <laughs> the spatial ones? Yeah. That's really funny. So yeah, so it's just like kind of, I had that experience where I was like, mine is a more positive valence with video games. However, I have also had some, I can talk about those in a bit, but some negative experiences in terms of like relating to other people who play video games. So, but let's go into yours too. What, what sorts of experiences have you had as a mental health professional and personally? Well, like I said, as a, as a youth, my mother had gotten me some computer video games to play that had different puzzles, they had like math, they had reading, they had all the, you know, core curriculum type stuff that made me a little smarter. So I I mean, I did kind of enjoy those. They were also kind of a task. I mean, it was kind of something I was like told to do, you know. Right. So I mean I, I mean, but it was a general positive experience. And really for now in my life, the only game I really play are like Wii games. Yeah. And they're healthy. They like make you Right. Active. Like I like the the Wii Golf or Wii Zumba or mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Now I have watched mm-hmm. a lot of video games. You know, my husband, I did not realize when I married him how into video games he was. He's deep in it. He's deep in it. And so I have watched a lot. And I mean, there are some that are enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I agree that I think there are some games that really can help with IQ and brain functioning, like with children and adults. I mean, with a lot of clients, I do encourage, especially my elderly clients. Yes. I really do encourage a lot of them to play different puzzle games and and brain teaser games. And even, you know, think about play therapy with kids, right? You're doing different games with them to help them think through and problem solve. Yes. So I do think that there are really beneficial ones. But in my opinion, are there some that are purely stupid and unhelpful like Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. I mean, that's one's like only doing all the negative. That is like the purest negative 
behavior kind of game you get rewarded for the worst like yay you killed a hooker 10 points yeah that's like what pretty terrible yeah that's that's pretty awful (laughs) like hey let's promote i mean there are definitely video games out there that promote violence against women that promote violence against minorities i mean it can be really dark right so i don't know i agree that there are maybe some behavioral correlations and again, it depends on the social context it de- and, and it depends on all the environmental things. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I see there is a very big pro road, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a possible pro, but it's depending on how you use exactly. it. Exactly. It's just like anything. It's like you, this in your hands, it, your hands are what determines how this is utilized. Right, which is with of. anything. Okay, yeah. let's, let's look at like a freaking curling iron here right you yeah. can curl your hair and make it beautiful but is there a warning label that says don't stick this in your body there <laughs> is why is that there because someone fucking did it yeah someone fucking did it okay that's not what that's meant for man like <laughs> an old supervisor of mine used to call that the christopher law and the christopher law was because they had an intern that was so horrible one time that they had to make as many different rules and oh regulations God. because of this guy christopher <laughs> so it's it's the Christopher Law all over again. And I can say personally, yes, my experience personally with video games has been that they are a pro to my own mental health. Right. But I have seen in my personal life people who play it nonstop for yes. eight to ten hours a day who get very depressed because they don't have social outlets and they're getting in these internet echo chambers. Right. And I think that's horrible. Yeah. I work with a lot of clients where it's actually a severe problem. It's a it's yes. a legitimate issue in their life. They so rarely leave their home. Talk about this actually in clients because I think, yeah, let's yeah. go into that. These people rarely leave their home. They eat horribly. They're mm-hmm. generally smoking weed or cigarettes. Mm-hmm. They don't exercise. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't have any employment. They don't engage in any other type of hobby. Right. They spend almost all their money yeah. on gaming stuff. They're like 90 to 80% of their day is spent staring at their TV or computer screen. Right. And I mean, that is when you know that there's that's an a issue. problem. Yeah. 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 I mean, we would call that if you did that with alcohol, that would be a problem. Right. If you did that with weed, that would be a problem. If you did that with meth, that would be a problem. Right. So it's the same with anything else. And I mean, even there is some new information coming out that the DSM was putting internet gaming disorder as a proposed condition warranting more exploration. Um, The DSM noted that gaming must cause significant impairments or distress in several aspects of a person's life for this proposed condition. Mm -hmm. But it does include problems of general use of the internet, kind of like online gambling, social media, or smartphones. But it it was mainly created about gaming. And like I said, it's not a formal diagnosis right Right. now. It's not officially in the DSM yet. Yeah. But it's on the on yeah. the docket for the next one that they publish. Yeah, exactly. And so some of the symptoms that internet gaming disorder could include would be preoccupation with gaming. So basically, if you're not doing it, then you're thinking about doing it. Mm-hmm. Very much like an addiction. Like if you're yeah. not drinking, you're thinking about drinking sort yep. of a thing. And again, keep in mind that this could be with social media or internet gambling, but we're thinking about it just with video games right now. Withdrawal symptoms when the game is taken away. So sadness, anxiety, irritability. I've definitely seen outbursts of like children who have yes. what I would call this an addiction. disorder. Yeah, they yeah. have to have their tablet in front of them or they freak out the tablet thing man i mean i've seen kids like start throwing things Mm -hmm. like have tantrums and then and then they get the tablet back because they're causing such a distress but you're reinforcing unfortunately the behavior yeah exactly 
So that would that would kind of qualify um, tolerance. So you need to spend more time gaming to satisfy the urge. Right. Inability or to reduce the gameplay. So you can't quit. This is very again very similar to other addictions. Um, you give up other activities. Yep. Due again, to the games. No no hobbies. Loss of interest in all the other things. Mm-hmm. All you want to do is game. Oh, I've definitely like dated people before where you're like okay so we're gonna go out to a nice dinner and i'm looking fresh to death over here and like you just want to play a video game for real i mean that's like kind of Uh, like a you're like okay that's that's a problem starting to cross like first of all fresh to death yeah first of all check me out yeah (laughs) so hot so hot but like you think about it you're like okay you're not interacting with real life even if it's not just the person in front of you but it's your job maybe right or whatever you're sacrificing other real life things in order to play this game this fantasy life yeah yeah you continue despite problems so say it's causing issues with social and occupational functioning right just keep going you're deceiving family members or others about the time you're spending on it like you're lying about it yeah you're like hiding it Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a bad one and you use it only to relieve negative moods um, such as guilt or hopelessness. But remember, that's just a criteria. That's not the whole thing. You can do that in some level for right. it to be coping. It's just when it starts to affect you negatively is when it becomes a disorder. Right, right. When it starts to be the only thing that you're using to manage. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then when it creates risk, it's jeopardizing lost job or relationships due to gaming. So under this criteria, you would have to have five or more of these symptoms within the year. And like I said, it's not yet in the DSM, but they're really thinking about it. And I really think whatever the next one is, it not prob- like, I mean, there's problems with the DSM. We've oh, yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about that, like agnosium. But I think there really is something to social media disorders and yes, gaming disorders. 100%. I mean, and gambling disorders. They're all kind of that repetitive behavioral problem. Yeah, it's all a type of addiction. And again, mm-hmm. I think that part of it is it's such a, a complex thing to change because think of how many intertwined behaviors are within that. I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about how hard a singular behavior changes. Mm-hmm. If you're eating unhealthy while you're smoking, mm-hmm. while you're drinking, while you're playing video games, like, and every morning you wake up and that, I mean, that's, that's your routine. You mm-hmm. Look at how many freaking different behaviors are within that to try to change. Yeah, they're all tied together like a little rat's nest. Yeah. <laughs> they're a giant ball that you're going to have to untangle. It's going to be uh. really hard because you're going to have to probably target all of them at once. Exactly. Which is horrible. Like, that's really hard to do. But right. it's kind of what we have to do on the other end as therapists. So I have actually seen this and the social media related disorders in my office. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not. Same formal diagnosis but i see it like all All the time time. yeah where they're either again the social media where they're just that constant fomo where Mm -hmm. they just feel like they aren't it's like no like you're looking at a fake thing that's not reality yeah and or like you said it's this video game situation where they just don't engage with life because they're stuck in fantasy land i see it a lot in like avoidance related coping styles 100 percent, and that's when there is an issue so it's like it's it's everything it is not the thing itself, but the personality structure that gets a hold of the thing that yes. then promotes the issue. And how and, it's being used. Yeah, and, and yeah. then the social environment that, you know, promotes the issue as well. I mean, right. it's not talking about mental health. It's not having access to mental health care, that sort of thing. Right. That is the problem. So then then social media or, you know, gaming or whatever ends up being the symptom of the global issue at hand. Right. Which... You know, it is what it is. I actually, it was really interesting. I was setting up a Psychology Today profile, 
and it asked me what sorts of things that I could specialize in and you could list 10 to 15. And did you know was one was listed within like the 20 categories was video game addiction disorder. Interesting. Yeah. Of the 20 things, they had like a really limited list. And they one felt of them, like that was the one of the more pertinent things. Yeah. Interesting. I know. I was like, whoa. And I don't actually know anybody who specializes in that because Mm-mm. I don't know how you could specialize in something that there's not a lot of research on. Right. It isn't even and it's not a- in a formal <laughs> diagnosis to like Bill. Yeah. yeah how can mm. you specialize in that? Because we don't have, I mean, we have no research on that. But I mean, it's an interesting concept that that was one of the things that came up as right. promoted as, as a big thing that people are struggling with right yeah. now. Yeah. So that is interesting. Yeah. But again, there are times where it is helpful and healthy. Yes. Yes. And there are times where I 100% encourage clients to do, you know, well, to and engage in different games. Like if you think about biofeedback, for right. example, right? There is a video game that helps you regulate your breathing where let's say you're you have a respiration belt on and you start to slow your breathing down, then you watch a screen and as you slow your breathing down, your respiration becomes more healthy. A little motorcycle or a little race car starts to go faster and faster, the better you're doing at the biofeedback seal. So you start to win the race mm-hmm. as you regulate your breathing and as you regulate your emotions. And so this helps kids and adults right. to do something more healthy. There was a puzzle one where if you're doing neurofeedback and you get your neurofeedback into kind of like a... If you're more in a meditative state, then the puzzle pieces will slowly start to come together to form a picture. Yeah. There is one where if you uh, release your muscle tension, the the EEG will send a signal that allows the music to turn on and you'll be able to listen to like pleasant classical music. So there are options out there that are positive. It's just, again, how you use it. Yep. And all the contexts and all the different variables. Yes. So that is our episode about the video games. That's kind of our content that we have about video games and mental health today. Surprise, surprise, we're not saying anything incendiary. Like, <laughs> that's that's the deal, though, with mental health is it's never... It's never black and white, guys. It's never black and white. And if somebody is showing you something really sexy or really like, this is always going to cure this or this is never going to produce this. If people are saying something that's Alarm really, bells. Yeah. If, if <laughs> Red are, flag. Yeah. If people are saying things that are like designed to get your humors up or your bile rising or your hackles up, then you are not going to be listening to accurate information. Right. Just if something is that true. extreme black and white, it's just I guarantee true. you it's not true. Right. So it's like pretty much that's what you're going to learn from most of our podcast episodes (laughs) is that somewhere in there, there is something here that could be a grain of truth or helpful, but that it's how you use it. And we can give you information on how to use it effectively and where to go. And if there is research, right? but it's not ever going to be what the news reports, essentially. But again, I think that's what's helpful about this podcast is we're continuing to support the gray area. Yeah. We're like, yo, everything's gray. Like there's nothing that black and white. Like check this out. We could (laughs) have, oh my God, we could have called the podcast Gray Matter. Ooh. Like gray matter or gray matters. Shit. Yeah, shit. (laughs) Hey, don't steal that from us. That's, we're going to trademark it for something. (laughs) For something else? Yeah. Question mark? (laughs) Maybe that can be like an offshoot thing. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah. Somebody text us and let us know what we're doing that is called gray matter. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we going to try for outside of session practice? 
Well, because Wii is the only video game I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I love Wii. Yeah, I'm going to do a little bit of Wii and I'm just going to do it once because I'm going to be realistic and I'm going to track my mood, I think, before and after. So That's I'm, I'm going to, I'm not sure if I'll do like a golfing or if I'll do like a Zumba or if I'll do like a bowling or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do a Wii. I'm going to mon- like kind of do a little note before I'm doing it. And then a little note after I'm doing it. I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to do it with Elden Ring. And okay. I have a hypothesis that Elden Ring probably actually makes my mood worse, if I'm oh, being no. honest. Yeah, I think... That's it, so frustrating. Yes. Kids. Yeah. Yep. I I think that I might need to, like, really do that one in small doses. Like, it could... It probably has a time length effect where if I do it for, like, 30 minutes, it helps. And I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. I did a thing and I stopped before I got frustrated. But if I play it for more than that, I'm hypothesizing that I'll just yeah. want to punch my yeah. gaming console in the head. And, and I think leave. that's part of why I don't end up playing video games because I get just so frustrated. Yeah, it's definitely is definitely a distress tolerance. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'm like, I, why am I even doing this? <laughs> yeah, I should have picked something easy. I, I normally play like really easy things that are just like calming. <laughs> <laughs> there was this video game you used to play as a child called Echo the Dolphin, where you just swim around as a dolphin, like solving little problems. And it's that like, sounds adorable. It was great. It was great. Well, there's also aliens involved. It was amazing. Your whole job was to find out, whoa, this is a total tangent, but your whole job was you were Echo the Dolphin. Your family, your pod, you were swimming around with them one day and poof, they are stolen. <gasps> aliens stole your yes! dolphin family? Yes, aliens. Oh my God. Aliens took your dolphin family and you, your whole job is to just listen to peaceful music and solve little puzzles to get your dolphin family back, like to find the aliens who got your, your dolphin family. It's crazy. Anyway. That sounds fabulous. I know it is. That's the kind of video game I like. I just want to like be real chill finding my dolphin family. I don't need to be like beating big bosses or anything. So I'm suspecting this video game probably doesn't do anything for my mental health but i'm gonna test it yeah and maybe i mean depending on how much time you have maybe test it with different time frames oh that's a good idea i should do that i should do that like 30 minutes 45 yeah or that sort of thing i'll just have to play video games for science oh man (laughs) tough tough how terrible how terrible so do you have some jokes for me this week i have a joke a joke why wouldn't a fight club video game sell well the marketing would be non-existent First rule of Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about Fight Club? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. I've got one for you. Why can't you blindfold a Pokemon? Oh. It'll Pikachu. Ah! <laughs> okay. Uh, what do people in video games have in common? What? Everyone argues about which generation was the best. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay. Finally, what is the favorite gaming console of the French? I mean, the Wii? Yeah! (laughs) I figured I'd give you a Wii Wii. I'd give you a good one to end it on because you were doing Wii. All right, everyone. That is our podcast part two on gaming. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you. Bye. Bye.